1: ...loads of bacon, seasoned potatoes, and fresh cranked eggs, and more. It's a complete breakfast in one hand only, and participating U.S. Wendy's. I'm Matt Bear with traffic on the fives. Follow us at WIBC traffic. Potatoes. Potatoes. What? <laughs> <laughs> right? I heard That's it this Sarah time.
0: Hastings right there of Wish TV. She loves it. Mm-hmm.
1: I do. Burrito as well. I loved it. I heard it both t- both times this morning. It was great.
0: Burrito and potatoes. Burrito. It's... The, there, there is no stopping Matt Bear. There's only enjoying everything he does.
1: My traffic is delicious.
0: <laughs> Terry. Trump takes the South Carolina primary. of the vote. The exit polling is surreal. In how they view Haley, how they view Trump, she got the moderates, she got the independents. That would do her well in a general, but she's not going to get there. Base Republicans thinking Trump would do a better job in defeating Biden than Nikki Haley, even though the numbers don't say that in the slightest. Trump is better mentally to handle the presidency and and physically than Nikki Haley? That's, That's insane. But the most important candidate quality, according to the exit polls, fights for people like me. At the bottom, that was 35%, 13%, the bottom, can defeat Joe Biden. Well, thank goodness we've got focus. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. I don't deny fighting. One must fight, but one must be able to win. One must be able to win. Nikki Haley can't. So why is she staying in this race? She lost the funding. Americans for Prosperity, the, the Koch brothers, as people like to to say and go, ew, which has always been nonsense. Full disclosure, I used to do a lot of work with uh, AFP. I've done work with them over the years. Right now I'm not. Who knows what the future brings? I'm always clear and honest uh, with you. They're going to focus on Senate and House races now, and they are pulling the funding from Nikki Haley. Well, good. Good, Charles Koch. This is exactly what should happen. This is exactly what always should have happened. I have no idea why AFP decided to back Nikki Haley. And I'm not anti-Nikki Haley. I just recognize this wasn't the strongest candidate. I'll say it again. We could have had DeSantis. Why they decided that this was it? Beyond me. According to the AFP CEO, she has made it clear that she will continue to fight and we wholeheartedly support her in this effort. But given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe in any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. Well, okay. Now, how does Haley move forward without the money? Well, I don't have an answer for that question. Money matters. Money matters greatly. Her only path to victory is something happening to Trump, which is a weird, weird way to think you're going to get somewhere. Besides, if something happened to Trump, DeSantis would be back in this race in four seconds. And so would a couple other people. Nikki Haley doesn't lose anything by staying in the race. And she holds on to hope. Does her argument of 40% actually move the needle in Super Tuesday states? I'll discuss that on Tony Katz today at noon. Tune in then. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC.
1: Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: Good morning. We've got people. We've got lawsuits. just another day in Indiana, people. Tony Katz. Good to be with you. Find everything I do at tonykatz.com. Gary Dick joins us from insideindianabusiness.com on the X at IIB. uh, Personally, at Gary Dick, G E R R Y, at Gary Dick. Uh, On the Twitter box. Uh, Before we get into. You know, we, we now have some numbers on the NBA All-Star Game, which I think are are, are pretty fascinating. We pay a lot of attention to airlines and, and flights coming in and out of the state and why this matters to growth. Can we get into the story from your sister publication over at the IBJ about – The lawsuit regarding the hotel right there on the corner across from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This was supposed to be built. It was going to be uh, a huge part of what downtown Speedway was doing. And finally, some hotels in that area for a race day and and for other events. And the hotel gets like the the concrete up. And the next thing you know, nothing zero, and now we're in lawsuits. Uh, I know Mickey Shuey has the story over there at IBJ.com. Do you know the latest on this?
1: Ongoing, I think is the one word, and you described it. This has been going on now uh, for years. This was originally planned to be uh, a very high-profile, 126-room hotel uh, right there. It's so visible right outside the uh, the front gates of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, now action, as you mentioned, legal action has been taken to, to actually foreclose on the site. It has been, actually, we did a story two years ago uh, on the uh, kind of the renaissance, if you will, of Main Street and Speedway, and at that time, town officials anticipated that they were going to have a deal to get that hotel done uh, in, in a matter of days this was two years ago uh so um it, it is just something that has not certainly has not worked out it's turned into uh what is a bad reflection on an otherwise uh a really uh, cool story on main street uh in speedway but uh the complaint uh, you know that was filed uh, indicates that um money is owed and that's why the foreclosure action is being taken we'll see where this uh, this plays out but at the the bottom line is because of its profile, because of where it is uh it uh, takes on some ad- added significance
0: absolutely it, it is this massive eyesore right now when it's supposed to be this incredible show of, uh, of of progress in 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 speedway um you you they talk about some of the numbers Mickey Shuey has it the interest rate is accruing at two thousand seven hundred and fifty four dollars a day the question is is this something that the city of speedway has to jump in and fix is this something that the speedway itself jumps in and says okay we're gonna handle this because this doesn't look good for us we want the hotel for a myriad of of, of, of reasons or is this something that's gonna play out and if it does does this play out for years
1: yeah, well, good question, and, and I think uh, to your initial point, I think I think you will see the town of Speedway get actively involved. They issued a statement indicating that they're going to be monitoring it closely, and I've got to believe that uh, the folks across the street at IMS are looking at it uh, very closely as well, as that is as as well as what's going on in the town of Speedway, a direct reflection on the uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and so much of the progress uh, with improvements and other things that have been made uh, at the Speedway. So. Uh, I think you will uh, – I, I think you will hear – town of Speedway officials uh, talk about their optimism that this foreclosure can be uh, settled and and things can move on and still believe this development can happen. We'll see about that, but it shouldn't overshadow the fact, and you and I have talked about it, uh, is what has gone on in downtown Speedway, in particular Main Street, over the last 20 years. It has been substantial. This is the one piece uh, that certainly hasn't gotten done and because of its location, as we said, uh, it, it gets a lot of attention.
0: It's one of the few occasions, talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on X at IIB, where I am in favor of the the city getting involved. I, I, I normally, look, this is private business, private industry, stay out of it. I don't think you can have it this this looks like a blight situation this is ugly as as can be and if you're the city you're like we can't we all this work we're doing for that main street and speedway to build out in other places it, it can't we can't have it destroyed by this uh bad bad moment here uh look forward to following your reporting and how this goes, uh, you have been reporting, and, and I think that, that you guys stay on top of this more than anybody, what's going on in terms of airports in the state of Indiana, mm-hmm. specifically the types of flights that, that we have, nonstop flights, more, more opportunities for business uh, owners, business professionals to get to where they, they need uh, to be. The traffic levels at Hoosier airports, were now hitting the pre-pandemic levels. Talk to me about yeah. what it is you're seeing.
1: Yeah, and as we talk to, and it's not just here in Indianapolis, which I think is interesting, um, but if you talk to Mario Rodriguez at the uh, Indianapolis International Airport, he will say that this uh, this return to pre-pandemic levels is occurring about a, about a year earlier than anticipated. They thought it might be another year before this happened, but double-digit uh, increase in passengers in 2023 here in Indy. Uh, passengers uh, in and out of Fort Wayne uh, International Airport up 10%. Traffic is up in Evansville, uh, as well so a lot of positive indications that people are traveling again getting more comfortable with traveling and interestingly enough business travel which certainly was decimated during the pandemic has begun to come back uh, a bit as well. In fact, they're they're pointing to business travel as maybe being one of those things that is helping the overall uh, aviation industry. And at the same time, we're seeing a lot of work done at airports uh, around the uh, state of Indiana. Fort Wayne is in a nearly $100 million renovation project. They're doing some things in Evansville here in Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis International Airport, five-story parking garage that a lot of people who travel are going to be applauding (laughs) to get more parking spaces that is expected to open later uh, this year as well as a big runway project so lots of activity at airports here in indy and around the state one of the things that you make
0: note of is that evansville which you Mm -hmm. want to see the growth in they lost their routes to detroit and chicago yep uh is there a reason for this and and How how does a city grow when it can't get you to
1: two major destinations for business and or investment? Yeah, uh, Tony, and I think the, the reason behind this and the re- reason some flights have been eliminated at other airports, uh, including Indianapolis, is this pilot shortage. And uh, the fact there aren't enough pilots, they can't get pilots trained fast enough to bring that capacity up to where it needs to be. That's a major contributing factor. You mentioned Evansville. I think it's a great example. Chicago and Detroit, two important markets. Old National Bank is headquartered in Evansville and made a major acquisition in Chicago and is. Great Growing its footprint in the Midwest, they need to get to Chicago. Toyota massive facility in Southwest Indiana, Detroit very important there. Both Chicago and Detroit gone, not uh, on the uh, the flight list there uh, of routes at Ev- in Evansville. There's concern that those companies, in particular, Old National, could say, "Hey, we don't want- maybe we'll move our headquarters to Chicago if we can't get there." It's that bad of a situation, and you've got the business community down there. You've got the governor's office here. A lot of people working on this. Trying to get those direct flights uh, uh, back on board in uh, in Evansville. Just a, a, a one example of the importance of uh, of flying of flights to uh, business and economic development.
0: Before I, I let you go, the numbers are in on the NBA All Star Game, and certainly more attendance than than any other All Star Game. Break it down for me.
1: Yep. Uh, Initially, they thought about 125,000 people would be in town. The estimates came out about 190,000. They're calling it the uh, best-attended All-Star Game in, I think, think 14 years. Uh, Viewership in terms of across streaming and other platforms, 11.6 million unique uh, viewers. That's about a 20% increase uh, over uh, over last year. Viewership up as well, still historically at a low level, but certainly the job Indianapolis did and the, the visibility Indianapolis got uh, was substantial for All-Star Weekend.
0: Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on the Twitter, X at IIB. I appreciate you taking.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Fill up on the news presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays at 9 a.m., WIBC, WIBC WIBC.com. Dow futures are down just 13. NASDAQ futures up uh, just 14. A lot of people talking about how the uh, Chinese electric bus company, BYD, remember they built buses that we bought here in Indianapolis and they don't work? Thank goodness for the red line, huh? Electric buses, that was the future. They don't work. That's all right, we'll keep going. Cause it isn't about electric buses, it's just about buses. Well, no, it's not about buses. It's about taking cars off the road. We see you, Indianapolis. We we see you. Some people were late to the game. In understanding what it is you were after, but you're in favor of these buses because you want cars off the road. Well, we need a traffic diet. We need these traffic calming measures. We need to save lives. Any conversation about this traffic calming and how it affects fire trucks and ambulances from getting to where they need to be on time and lives lost there? You don't want to just Reduce car accidents you want cars off the road. This is all green nonsense. We see you We see you and as I stated I think that the Indianapolis Business Journal and their editorial is making a a massive error The state should stay out of the local issues What do you mean the state should stay out of the local issues? What makes you think that the red line or the blue line is actually a local issue? They're taking federal money to build this nonsense of course it's our issue. Where do you think the tax dollar comes from? It comes from us. Indianapolis is not this little enclave that gets to make this call. Of course we get a say. I can't believe the IBJ actually missed that. It's a fundamental disagreement that I have with their editorial. And I, 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 I will say again, uh, like so many, in desperate need of some other thoughts. I like the reporting they do. I like the people that they have. I I, I like the IBJ in general. But the editorial missed. Because the editorial doesn't recognize that we do have a say. And that the idea that the uh, creation of dedicated bus lanes is a local issue when traffic decisions are made on a state level, speed limits, etc. It's to miss a mark. Now, if you want to change that, feel free if conceptually you wanna discuss local government making local decisions, you're not gonna get an argument from me at all. But when you state in your op-ed as uh, the Indianapolis Business Journal did, uh, that, hey, if we can't convince you that this should be a local government decision, recognize that the city got $150 million to, to do these projects and also gonna mean sidewalks, this, that, and the other. If we If we change the rules, they're not gonna get this money. You're proving that the state does have a place in this and that we outside of Indianapolis, because I love it when people tell me, you don't live in Indy, you don't have a say. It's federal money. I have a say. I'm sorry that upsets you. But maybe if you weren't, now I'm not talking to the IBJ here. I'm talking to, to people on, on, on the X, Twitter, social media, people in Indianapolis. It may upset you that I have a say, even though I don't live in Indy. But That's your problem. Of course I have a say. We all have a say. You didn't raise your own money to do this. You took federal dollars. You took our tax dollars. You took tax dollars from the people of Arkansas, people of Georgia, the the, the, the people of Wyoming. You took their money to do this. So stop thinking that you're these special people who have to be left alone. How dare anybody bother you? Good gosh. You elitist snobs. You didn't do it on your own. You didn't use your own money. If you had used your own money, I'd have zero to say. Zero. Although I would still think it's a terrible idea. Zero to say. It's not your money. And I was surprised to see the, the IBJ editorial not recognize that. Now, if they want to argue that, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for it. Like, like it, We should continue to discuss it. But certainly, if we're talking about how lanes get used, I think the state does have a place in this. The argument that the state should not be so involved in local politics, uh, that much I I do agree with as well. People have accused me of being all of a sudden big government. I don't think it's big government if you're arguing that the state, which has a say in everything else regarding traffic, has a say in this. But if you want to eliminate the state, say, well, then go about creating that legislation. It's the same conversation regarding who gets on the ballot. Do I think that, for example, in the Senate race in Indiana for the Republicans, should John Rust uh, be uh, forced off a ballot? No, actually, I think if you want to run, you should be able to there's a requirement you get on the ballot. But that's just it. We accept the idea of requirements of signatures, etc. Why can't there be a requirement about what primaries you voted in? Now we're playing in levels of degrees. If you want to make it easier, fine by me. If you want to say that how dare you have any rules, well, these rules you're fine with. these rules you're not. Who gets to decide these things? Well, we have. Uh, These regulations, if you want to get less of them, fine by me, work on getting less of them. Don't get angry that they've been there for years and now you're like, how dare they? Say, okay, we have had these regulations for years. We shouldn't have them anymore. Let's now work to get rid of them because they are valueless. They do not help. They keep people from running and we want more people engaged in the political process. Nothing wrong with that. Of course, you have a say in this red line, blue line debacle. Oh, and for for the people who've been screaming at me about this still, uh, I never said get rid of the buses. I never said get rid of the buses. I may personally not want the buses, but I've always said I'll lose that fight. The buses will remain. We're just talking about the dedicated lanes. That's all. We're talking about the red line and the blue line, which were failures to begin with and still are and are damaging to business, damaging to the roads. And roads are for cars. And cars aren't bad things. Good gosh. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, uh, Nikki Haley uh, says she will go on regardless of the results tonight. She is behind in the polls, but it is said that uh, if there's a big turnout, that could help her, could favor her. How do you see the turnout uh, tonight? Well, about 600,000 voters have come to the state, a lot of them during COVID, uh, ever since Nikki left the governor's mansion. A lot of these are higher income, a college degree and above. So these could be ripe for the picking, but that would still tell us, like, You know, like public polling has shown us It's shown her down by about 25 or so points. So it would take quite a lot of folks. Uh, Because, look, at the end of the day, what I'm interested in hearing from Nikki tonight uh, is what's the path forward? What's the narrative that she's going to lay out that she can actually win primaries and start getting in the delegate math? This is really what she's going to do. Uh, So you mentioned those, what,
0: 600,000 people? Now we don't have to listen to any more of that. She can't. There is no path that shows that she wins primaries anywhere else. So why is she staying in the race? Because it doesn't cost anything. You've got this money, you might as well spend it. You're making an argument, you might as well make it. Trump can't win a general. People don't want to see these two old men run again. The party does, but the nation doesn't. Tony Katz, ninety-three, WIBC. Good morning, and that happens to be true, according to a whole bunch of polling. It happens to be true, according to Nikki Haley, the party has spoken, and they have said, "Eh, we're not a. Uh, we don't really care so much that you uh, think that uh, nobody wants him." We think that the people do want him, and we're going to keep supporting him. We're going to keep putting him up there. We're going to keep voting for him, and we're going to run him in a general. I mean, that's what's being said. Nikki Haley's argument is, look at the national polling. It's not the Republican Party's argument. There's two different arguments going on. Two different arguments happening. I don't know how Nikki Haley thinks she overcomes this. But again, I will tell you, there is no reason for her to leave. Yes, she has lost uh, a, a sponsorship, if you will. For example, she, is, uh, she has lost uh, Americans for Prosperity. They're going to put the money into Senate races and House races. You lost Charles Koch. You lost that huge, huge network that was doing uh, the door knocking and the grassroots stuff. Okay. I do not know what your plan going forward is. But I absolutely accept the idea that you don't have to drop. Something happens to Trump, you're there, ready to take over. Trump says something, you're there, ready to capitalize. You got to be in it to win it, kitten. And the people saying, oh, you have to get out, oh, you've lost, All oh, it's over. 2020 election was over, Trump didn't stop saying that there was a problem. 2020 election was over, Trump didn't stop saying, this is wrong, we have to fight this, we have to fight that, we have to contest here, we all Nikki Haley is doing is taking a page out of that. That's all, all she's doing. And there is a logic to it. Now, as for where the Republican Party is, well, that, I, I think that to say that there's a level of disarray is, is absolutely logical. I think the idea of saying that they are unified is complete and total madness. Now, that didn't stop
1: Trump. But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never.
0: I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's true it 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 doesn't seem that way to me because um you're saying unified because you're winning but Nikki Haley's point is this isn't 90-10 blowouts it's 60-40 the spread is small i have no idea if that argument works i don't think it does but she's looking at super tuesday She's looking to Michigan, uh, the Real Clear Politics average in Michigan, Trump 69, Haley 17, Trump plus 51. Now, a bit of a caveat. That is the last four polls, and they go back to November. There's a November poll, there's a December poll, there's a January poll, there's a February poll. So this includes polling that still had DeSantis in the race and others. The last poll, February 20th to February 24th, Trump 76, Haley 24, which is still Trump plus
1: 52. Just saying what is.